episode 82 of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe, and I'm joined in Four Stream Studios on a Wednesday afternoon with my companions, my friends, Brad Brown and Jonathan Hafes. How is everyone doing today? I'm doing well. John Mark, your voice doesn't sound as robust as it normally does. <laughs> Yeah, not not uh, not as good right now. I went to the Auburn game on Saturday, wow, which didn't help, and then I led worship on Sunday morning, which just compacted all the issues from the Auburn game from yes. me yelling at our team. So you were yelling at the Auburn game. I was yelling. It was at homecoming. It's supposed to be a pretty easy game. It right? was not easy. It turned out to be a dog fight. And, wow. Um, but I did get to carry my family. My uh, our two boys went with us, with Ashley and I and my parents. And it was Zion's first Auburn football game. We had a blast. We got to go to Tumors Corner afterwards and roll the trees and got some lemonade at, at Tumors. So it was awesome. We That's had a great. great, great time. But I got back super late that night. Then we had a four a.m. load in, which we'll probably get to at some point in this episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think I'm just my voice is just done. It's quitting on me. Yeah. Well, we're going to pray that it makes it through this episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For, for sure. sure. Well, you know what wasn't a, a close game this past weekend? Do you know? Do you know, Jonathan? Huh? What are you talking about? Sorry, I'm in my own little world. Well, what wasn't close was the Ryder Cup, <laughs> one of golf's premier events. I would, you, now, I know you both watched it, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I was about to say, you're going to be really disappointed when I ask, what's the Ryder Cup? Hey, I'm glad you brought that up because my neighbors were talking about it the other day and they were like, man, the Ryder's Cup, is it the Riders or the Ryder Cup? The Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup. Yes. Man, I'd love to go to that sometime. And I was like, yes. I don't know. The first thing that came to yes, mind for me. Yes, I love tennis. I thought it was a yeah. horse race. Yeah, I did too. And when he said that, I was like, oh yeah, cool, big horse guy, huh? Okay. So the Ryder Cup for the uneducated is a men's golf competition that happens every two years between the United States and Europe. It's two days and it alternates. So one year it's in Europe and one year it's in America. And normally with golf, fans are pretty reserved and it's pretty calm, Uh you know, Generally speaking, but not at the Ryder Cup. Things get crazy. I mean crazy. Why not North America? I don't know the origin story. I could have researched that, but all I know is it's the United States versus Europe. There is a competition. Oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name of this, but it's essentially America, the United States versus a bunch of other countries. The President's yeah. Cup, excuse me. Uh-huh. And so that happens uh, every two years as well. We'll do tell what happened. Well, the United States just kicked Europe's butt. All right. Listen, I am I am never more okay. patriotic than with the Ryder Cup, even with the Olympics. I, oh, wow. My level of patriotism just rises to an insane level. I, I'm I'm wearing American flag T-shirts. Yeah, I'm I was wondering why like, you had that on today. Like down with Europe, you know, things like that. But man, we just we just kicked their butts. It wasn't even close, and so. It was a dominating performance, and it was just a joy and a pleasure to watch. That's a lot of fun. So that's what you did all weekend, huh? Yes. Yes. So I was able to watch that all weekend. And, I mean, it was like an Alabama – it was like a normal Alabama football game. You know, Mm -hmm. as a fan, you know you're going to win. You're just watching to see what plays happen. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So 
if you yeah go go watch some highlights from the Ryder Ryder Cup and you'll see the intensity that I'm talking about. You'll uh, see the passion. So is it like a point? You'll system? see the sportsmanship. How does, how does it work? Yeah, it's a, it's a point system. I mean, I don't know if like, we want to like, keep talking okay. about it, but I'm just curious. <laughs> do they like tally? Yeah, there's match each play. There's golfers. There's four balls, like alternating together. shot. Okay. But it, you know, golf is an individual sport. But here, the, these guys get to be on a team, which is really fun for them. That is and fun. So yeah, a lot of them talk about the camaraderie. So many stories I could I could share, but I'll I'll withhold for now. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, I do want to say that we have an email. Well, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> that means we get to go to the email corridor. The email corridor. I'm back. Sorry, I was asleep there for a minute. You, you were talking about. All right, golf. calm down, Mr. Baseball. All right, <laughs> if we're going to talk about listen, boring sports. Listen, we, boring right. sports. Boring sports. <laughs> we are in the midst of a pennant race. Last night was TV gold. <laughs> TV gold. Gold. I didn't see it. John Mark, did you it. see it? I don't want to hear it. I don't even know what you're talking about. Mm. I do know that my favorite sport, which is football, has an interesting matchup coming up this weekend on Sunday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New England Patriots. Tom oh, Brady wow. returns to New England. Wow, that's crazy. So that'll be a fun game Sunday night. Yeah. Okay. The email yeah, corridor. Let's see, let's see what we got. Joni Ford wrote in. The subject title is, What Are You Looking At? Hello, Midweek. I'm writing in support of the Shades dance party idea. Could be the perfect anecdote. Yeah. To the COVID age blues we're all in. Don't just stand there. Let's get to it. Strike a pose. There's nothing to it. Also, recent episodes have been fire, fire, fire. Because that's how many fire emojis. Is that an emoji? Three of them. Especially the interview with Colin Hansen. Yep. Mm. The death episode. Oh, the death episode. And of course, Park and Caroline's walk down memory lane. Speaking of, the drum circle idea should be explored a bit further. I need details. Wow. <laughs> I'm all about leading a drum circle, like a weekly thing or something like that. We a weekly? That's, a pretty, that's a pretty big that's, commitment. Yeah. Maybe monthly. <laughs> Maybe. I was thinking like one time we you know, could maybe do it like, once. <laughs> JM's leading a weekly drum circle and a weekly dance maybe, party. Maybe biannually. Uh, maybe they're the same thing. Hey, uh, speaking of yeah. uh, speaking of the death episode, um, I finally finished it. Um, oh, good. Uh, yeah, I feel like it I only took him award. three weeks. To um, good, yes. But on top of that, uh, Holly is now a little upset since I have listened to this death episode because uh, I did not know that you legally could build your own coffin. <laughs> So guess what Jonathan's you know. next woodworking project is. And uh Yeah, that's right down your lane. My wife is not not excited about it at all. She's like, Where are we gonna keep this? I'm like, in the garage. She's like, I don't wanna walk past your casket every I'm like, Don't worry, I'll make you one too. That did not help. Hey Holly, all. I need you to help me come measure something. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna lay down. But then, <laughs> but, but then Brad, you suggested the attic, which I also suggested yeah, you could to it, her. Yeah, you put it in the attic. And she's like, I don't need our kids playing hide-and-seek in your coffin. <laughs> I mean, if you make the coffin before yeah. Halloween, that's a great decoration for our, outside. That's true. I, I should it's explain, multifunctional. I yeah. should explain the reason my children would be hiding in our attic for hide-and-seek. Because oh, yeah. in my mind, when I think attic, I don't know what comes into y'all's mind. But in my mind, I think like pull down. The pull down. Yeah, from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. That's what I grew up the with. The ladder. That's not the case. That's not what my children would be doing. Our our attic is, is you walk into it. Oh. Um, it. It's almost like 
an unfinished room on the second story, if so you then, will. Like, so then, can that be called an attic, technically? I mean, it's an attic. It's not. It doesn't have any air conditioning or heating. It's got like just. It's not like drywalled or anything. It's just the studs and some plywood on the floor. And well, let's see. We're going to our fact checkers oh right now goodness. with Shades Midweek, and according okay. to so walk in attic fact checker. The uh, <laughs> according to the internet, attic is defined as. That wow, that's a long drum roll. A story or room directly below the roof of a building, especially a house. So, Jonathan, I think technically this room would fall under the category of attic as defined well, it, by the it internet. It is directly under under the roof. The roof lines right there. The dormers are there. So, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. All right. What were we talking about? I don't know because my story just got as boring as the writer cup. The email, the email corridor. Also, oh, waiting there's on more the, to the email. Yeah, you guys just started talking. <laughs> Also, waiting on the Sharon Ponder Meet a Member episode. Cheers from Pell City, Joni Ford. That's what I'm talking about. I yes. agree, Joni. That would We're be all waiting for that episode, Joni. Thank you for listening. Uh, we've got a big listenership in Pell City, yeah. so we were just really yeah. big shout out. Joni, I would let you know that the lack of Sharon Ponder's appearance on this podcast is not due to a lack of us asking her. She's a busy lady. It's and true. We have yet to be able to line up schedules, so we're trying. We're going to make this happen. If you'd like to write in, please write into midweek at shadesvalley.org. Use your computer device and get on there and open up your AOL or your Yahoo or yep. your Gmail. Do yep. these things still exist? Or your Hotmail. AOL. Hotmail. My first email address was a Hotmail address. What else? Um, and, and then type a little uh, message in there. Send it to midweek at shadesvalley.org. Well, JM, I know your voice is not very strong, but do you have enough strength to give us an album of the week? JM's album of the week. What do you got, JM? All right. This week, I've got a Canadian band from Montreal. Oh. Uh, Quebec. Montreal, Quebec. The band is called Men I Trust. I don't know where they get the name from. The album. Wait, wait, wait. That's the name of the band? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Men I Trust. All right. Do they ever? It's a three-piece band uh, consisting, it looks like, of two males, one female. Um, Maybe a few other members that tour with them. I have so many questions. Untourable album. Is that the album? Yeah. So the That's album funny. is Untourable Album, which goes uh which wins the award for my favorite album title of 2021 that's pretty great album they're like a the, dream pop electro pop what were you gonna say brad the cover is kind of horrifying <laughs> yeah. i don't know if that's the vibe they were going for i don't understand the cover but um here's some music for you this track is called oh dove Listening to it, it's real chill. The whole album's like that. I'll play another track 
that I'm really enjoying. Uh, this one's called Sorbitol. I don't know what Sorbitol is. It sounds like a pill. Sounds like a medicine, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should look that up. Maybe it's a drug. I'm not sure. Sorbitol? Anything from our fact checkers, Brad? No, I got nothing. I was doing something else. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, you were looking it up the whole time. It's, no, a, chemical, my bad. it's a chemical compound. Yeah, let's get our fact checkers on I think it can be used that. as a laxative. Uh, Wikipedia says sorbitol, less commonly known as glu- uh, glucitol, is a sugar alcohol with a sweet taste, which the human body metabolizes slowly. Listen, all I know yeah. is that when I typed sorbitol into Google, one of the first suggestions was sorbitol laxative. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. The whole album's got a cool feel to it. It's cool. Um, lots of drum loops, electronic elements, interesting synth sounds. Men I Trust, the album is untourable album. They called it that because they were recording it during the pandemic and they didn't think they could tour with it, so they just... Oh. But they actually are on tour right now. Well, look at that. <laughs> Astronauts, etc. That's what I was going to say. Oh, Astronauts, etc. is great. Yeah. Love that. Kind of that, that vibe. group. It is like that. So, Men cool. I Trust, check it out. Let me know what you think about that. It's not one of my favorites this year, but um, it is an interesting kind of left of center uh, release that I enjoy. They're on a Canadian indie label called Return to Analog. So, check them out. Well, that is fantastic. It is fantastic. a lot of dead air. Oh, come on, man. I couldn't handle it anymore. It's the a lot. Mo- you, I almost people, had, were, people were making sure their, their so stuff wasn't broken. I almost had the moment. And then I, this is not for listeners, pause. but JM was holding it, but then he cracked. He Such couldn't hold it. a long pause. <clears throat> Welcome to Bradford's Book Club. This week, I have a book that I am right in the middle of, right in the throes of, caught up in. And it's a book by the title that goes by the title of Contemplative Prayer for Christians with Chronic Worry, an eight-week program. This book was recommended to me by a Christian psychologist by the name of Eric Johnson, and I have been slowly working my way through it. It's authored by Joshua Nab and Thomas Frederick. And let me just read a little bit from the back cover. (laughs) Cover. So you can get a gist of what's going on. Contemplative prayer for Christians with chronic worry presents an eight-week approach for working with recurrent worry. Each chapter offers an introduction for the week, goals, techniques, and homework. Six free audio recordings are also available to download for use when practicing the guided meditations. There are guided meditations that are offered with this book. Clinicians and their clients will find that the workbook helps them explore ways to lessen daily worries through contemplative prayer, relying on scriptural support, the contemplative Christian tradition, and psychological science. Clients will learn how to sit in silence with God, trusting in him during moments of uncertainty, worry, and anxiety. So this is a book that has spaces for you to, it's a workbook, so there's 
there's fill in the blanks, there's spaces for you to respond. A group could do it together. Along with the book comes audio tracks that you can download that lead you in 20 minute sessions of contemplative prayer, different prayers from church history. And these guided meditations also allow you to focus on breathing and being present in the moment. And so I think this book does a really good job of integrating theology and psychology. And I have enjoyed the self-reflection that it has brought and even some of the practices. So I have started uh, a few days a week, haven't gotten up to every day, just uh, sitting and and, um, contemplate a prayer for 20 minutes. And it's been a really enjoyable experience. I love it. I just have one question. Uh, In the back. Where did you buy this book? (laughs) Amazon. Because currently on Amazon, like the it's like sixty seven dollars. Oh gosh, is the, the algorithm the, messed up? Did you get the audio? Kindle well, I got it on I got it on Kindle. Oh, what what's that? Let me click on Kindle right here really quickly. There might be another place you could buy it. It maybe Barnes it, and Noble. It, it doesn't give me a price because I'm on my phone. I'd probably have to look it up on on computer. But like, yeah, like the paperback is like. 60 to 67 dollars and the hardcover is like 136 to 154 i was like where did he buy this worth its weight in gold it's the gems that will come from this many leather bound books <laughs> well you i mean you can probably yes. get it cheaper from another place besides amazon and their algorithm yes. could be messed up have you ever come across an item where it'll just be like it'll be like fourteen thousand dollars i have it's like a toothbrush i have so. and each time i resist buying it yeah yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> I love it. That's a great recommendation. I was just wanting our listeners to know they might need to look somewhere other than yeah, well, than Amazon. And I wanted you I to, to be able to give. To I, wanted, this book. I wanted you to be able to give a chance to defend yourself because I'm like, there's no way yeah. he's recommending a sixty-seven. Yeah, book. no. Yeah, you should probably go look at other places, or if you can do Kindle. I personally enjoy Kindle, but it's not everyone's cup of tea. So. I'll put the name of the book in the show notes along with uh, the album of the week. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention that I forgot to during the album of the week segment is that I am on Spotify. Oh. And I have been making some playlists. And one of the playlists that I made is called Pressure Priest. And it is a compilation of of the most recent Killers record and the most recent Andy Squires record, the Killers record being called Pressure Machine and Andy's record called Poet Priest. Uh, Pressure Priest is the name of the playlist. I took five songs off the Killers record, five songs off Andy Squires, and kind of made a little concept playlist out of it so you can go enjoy that. Um, I enjoy the contrast of the songs, and I enjoy uh, the compatibility of the songs as well. So that's a lot of fun. I'm also making a Halloween playlist for anyone that wants to play it at their Halloween party or at dinner or, or whatnot. And I'm also working on, well, this playlist is already out there. Do you, do you think it'd work? Holly and I have a dinner date for our uh, and dating anniversary coming up. Would it, would it work for that? Mm, Halloween absolutely. Yeah. Set the mood. I'm also working on uh, JM's, top uh, songs of 2021 Ooh. and so wow. uh, are these only going to be is this Spotify exclusive or are you going to do Apple Music versions I'll probably work on an Apple Music yeah, version that would be great uh, it's in beta right now <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> 
I don't know what I'm talking about. I'll probably work on that too. I, I started on Spotify, so yep, check those out. All right. Well, thanks for that addition, yeah. John Mark. To, Little bonus to Bradford's book club. Well, <laughs> he had to give the people some free stuff after the sixty-seven dollar. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh well, no. Well, guys, I'm excited about today because today we are going to continue on with our celebrating 30 years of shades. I don't know what we officially call this uh, 30th anniversary <laughs> podcast series. That's uh, right. So for those who've listened to the last couple of episodes, you may have heard our interview with John Hudson about the the building and the renovation of the building. Or last week we interviewed uh, Park Stall Cup, Caroline Grant, who've both been that was here great. from uh, Caroline and, and Mike from the beginning. Since and, the beginning. And then Park and Jeff really quickly uh, they're in and got they shared some stories and such and all of that. Um, so what we thought we'd do this week uh, is actually just have the three of us uh, reflect a little bit on our experience of Shades because I've been here for almost 10 years now, which is really weird to think that that's a third of Shades' existence. Um, but we have primarily so far focused on really the the old stories, the beginning of Shades and, and uh, um, kind of the last 20-ish years, if you will. And so we thought we'd reflect on the more recent history, the past 10 years of Shades, and just share some of our memories of that, which I think, guys, for us, probably falls into two categories that I'm sure overlap in a ton of different ways. But uh, one, there's you know our experience of Shades as staff here and as pastors uh, at Shades and kind of the stories that we have of arriving here and y'all being hired and, and all of that and our interactions over the years. Uh, and then we have our just our memories of Shades just as being a part of the community and members and all. So I thought it might be fun if we started uh, with our kind of more staff type memories, if you if you will. I don't know how we want to get this started. Just like last week, this is going to be pretty stream of consciousness. Like last week, like every episode. Yeah. <laughs> we have plans sometimes. Well, um, I remember when I first came to Shades... Uh, it was because I was invited by Cher Haynes, who was a minister at Auburn Christian Fellowship, and she was attending Shades with her husband, Bryant Haynes, who played guitar at the time. Yeah, they weren't married yet at that point. Are you sure? Yeah, 100%, because I went to their wedding. I don't think they were married yet. Wow. Okay, I'm forgetting timelines. Just go. You know what? You might be right. <laughs> I don't know if they are married or not. That's crazy. So anyway, I show up. And I remember my initial thought about the building is this looks disgusting. <laughs> Not disgusting. Wow. But I was just like... Wow, I hope John Hudson listens to this. <laughs> I'm kidding. The exterior. We make jokes all the time about the exterior. All right, I don't feel like I'm well, even, anyone's no, feelings. No, seriously, even the, the interior. I don't think the interior looks disgusting at all. I think it's, I think it's fantastic, and I know Brad does too. I'm just messing with you. But... What I'll t- what I say is that when people walk into this building for the first time, they have one of two reactions usually. They're either like, "Oh wow, this is really cool, I like it," and all that, or they're like, "Are y'all under construction?" Because <laughs> um, it has like an unfinished feel to it to a certain extent. And we're like, it does. No, no, it's done. It does, and you can't because of the stoplight. You can't see the sign super well it doesn't stand out right 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 so i can just remember thinking like is this a church am i at a church i had to wait on her but i came in and initially i felt right at home because 
the not only the environment so welcoming welcoming from an aesthetic standpoint from the way that the building's designed but i can remember individuals in the congregation coming up introducing themselves to me i was by myself at the time share was running late like a normal shades member so i was just standing there awkwardly and you were 15 minutes early <laughs> 15 minutes early like i thought you needed to be and then during the service i think one of the other things that made me feel at, at home was just how the kids were running around, whether it was with flags or whether it was during the sermon or whether it was before and afterwards people just staying in and hanging out. And I'd come from a church, it was a community church. It actually met in the gym of a YMCA and it had a very similar feel to it. And so Cher introduced me to Jonathan. I believe it was that first Sunday. I think it was. Um, I think it was because so f- funny story from from my perspective of that Sunday um, was so you you would come to Birmingham to go to Beeson, yes, uh, and Beeson had put out a photo of the incoming class um, on like Facebook, and at the oh, time yeah. I was still like a member of all the Beeson Facebook groups and stuff like that, and so I had seen it, and I knew in the back of my head I'm like, man, we really it would be great if we could have somebody to work with youth. I wonder if there would be anybody in the incoming Beeson class that might be able to work with youth. And I remember looking at that photo and completely judging every book by its cover and going, nope, not in this class. There ain't nobody there. I'm trying to think. I, I was probably business casual at that stage. That would have been my vibe. But wow. but yeah, yeah, so we met that first Sunday. We met that first Sunday. And I can remember I had done my research a little bit beforehand, so I went to the website and I listened to one of the sermons and I was like, okay, this guy's okay. I, I was like, this is good. I really like this. And then I rem- remember reading on the website, the section about flags. And I think the way that it's worded is people might occasionally grab a flag. And I can remember thinking, is this a Pentecostal church? <laughs> and am, am I going to be brought up front uh, the first Sunday oh. and 15 people laying hands on me? But that was not the case. And I thought that the flags were a really unique part of worship and a really uh, unique way for the kids to participate. And so Jonathan and I met, and I don't want to just this to just turn into my story because I, you know, I shared that with me to member, but I was, I was offered the part, 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 part time youth director role on the spot. First time you met. Oh him. my word! Jonathan said, "There's something about your charisma, person, your your wisdom." Okay, I, my I looks. Did, he listen, said, "My looks." Listeners, I, I did not know that you were needed to be warned. You're gonna have to wade your, your through intelligence. You're gonna have to wade through what's fact and, uh, and the, the hagiography going on here. What a great word! It is a great word, isn't it? That is totally yes. a seminary word. Just so everybody knows, hagiography is like exaggerated stories about saints that just like makes them look amazingly ridiculous. <laughs> that's that's what that is. Anyway, it's a great word. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, but no, I I remember I, I offered to get coffee, uh, somewhat on the pretense of just like, hey, you're at Beeson. Let me tell you about Beeson. Getting I can... to know you. <laughs> um, but I did. I mean, in in my back pocket, we were looking. We didn't have anybody to work with youth, and we were definitely looking. So I'm like, if this guy's remotely sane, um, know, right? then, then we can do this. But I believe my words to you when we offered that to you were, uh, uh, we can give you gas money. 
<laughs> I think that's basically yes. where you it said that. Well, so, and I totally forget about this, but coming into Beeson, I was so anxious about, am I going to do a ministry position? Am I just going to work a retail job, maybe take a break from doing formal ministry, being in a position at a church? And the Lord was, had totally gone before me and, and prepared the way and really offered me an opportunity through Shades to start <laughs> at Shades and then to continue on. And so it's it's so good to remember the Lord's gracious providence in that. That's awesome. And um, I had arrived at Shades. So you, when was your first Sunday? August? Late August, early September, something like that? Early September, I so believe. So I had arrived at Shades. This was 2012. I had arrived in February. Um, and sometime... Uh, we'll do a meet a member episode and I'll share my whole story, including all of that and how that happened for sure. Um, but, uh, but I, so I hadn't been, my point being, I, I hadn't been here very long at all. Um, and we were, uh, we were a pretty, uh, small community at that point. Like it was kind of easy to get to know everybody and people who were new stuck out like a sore thumb. So like everybody in the whole place knew that Brad <laughs> was a visitor that Sunday. Um, but yeah, I was I was so thankful to the Lord one because I didn't think there would be anybody insane enough to work with a student ministry for one hundred and fifty dollars a month. That's what we paid one hundred and fifty dollars a month. Yeah, my parents said I don't think you should do this. This doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> so so I was thankful one to find somebody that crazy. But two, I mean, it was a lot of it was really just the Lord's kindness uh, in my life because at that point. Uh, because I felt very much like the new kid on the block. I mean, I was the newest noob on the staff and in shades and all that. And so, I don't know, there was something about comforting about not being the only new person. And then just, mm. I mean, at least this is my recollection of it. Feel free to give pushback. Uh, we clicked pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, totally. and became friends and coworkers and... And Brad's position would just continue to grow over the years, so the amount of time we would spend together and the amount of uh, time he would invest here at Shades just continued to grow. Um, but then, it really wasn't that long uh, before JM shows up on the scene. So Kind of crazy. Yeah, to, to tell a little bit of that story. Um, so, when I started at Shades, Brian Pitts uh, had been leading worship for uh, a couple of years, and he would lead worship for the first year that I was here. Um, and he stepped down from that, uh, in this, I don't remember the exact month spring to heading towards the beginning of the summer of 2013. And rather than rush out and just try to find a replacement really quickly, we were like, well, we had several people at the time within the body who could lead worship. Uh, I mean, AJ and Joseph both volunteered. There were several others that volunteered. If I try to list everybody, I'm not, never going to get everybody. Yeah. Um, excuse me, Mike Gelderman, Gelderman was here at that time. Yeah, Gelderman. Um, there were a few others, uh, but we're like, well, let's just do volunteers through the summer, and and we did. And I was like, all right, well, when we get to the fall, that's when we'll start looking. And uh, I hadn't, I hadn't even actually started looking yet when an email showed up in my inbox. You care to explain this, John Mark? Well, I actually, my wife. Ashley was hanging out with a friend of ours named Carly. Uh, I think her old last name was O'Neill. Is that right? Or Sounds is that right. New I, last I, name? I don't know. I can't remember the last name, but I know who you're talking about. And she was at Shays. I don't know if she was a member, but she'd been coming here a lot, and she had a lot of friends here. 
anyways, she knew us from Highlands and she knew that we were searching for a new church in Birmingham. We had visited several churches. She described Shades Valley as a place that was real relaxed, real low key, you know, no fog machines, no crazy lights, nothing like that, no production value whatsoever. <laughs> really talking us up. <laughs> <laughs> and and just sort of a family community feel to it. And so we were like, well, that sounds pretty cool. We definitely like to check that out. And she also mentioned She's like, yeah, our our uh, you know our worship leader actually recently just stepped away, so kind of in a transition period right now. Um, so Ashley and I visited one Sunday. The first people that and I probably shared this on my meet a member, so I'm not going to go too detail. But the first people we met, I remember specifically were Josh and Meg McClung. Um, and then actually, I believe the same Sunday that we visited was also Andrew Thompson's first Sunday. Oh, wow. And Andrew, uh, we we knew each other as acquaintances through Highlands because he went to Highlands too, so we were familiar with one another. So that was kind of weird. Um, and I remember Joseph, I feel like Joseph led that first Sunday, but I could be wrong. Um, I remember Joseph leading one Sunday. I remember Bill Ferris playing bass one Sunday. And and me personally thinking like, I kind of want to get to know that, that dude. That dude seems like a wild individual. Um, and, uh, so I don't know. I just, I just enjoyed, uh, the, the whole, uh, just vibe of, of the church anyways. But I, but I emailed Jonathan. I can't remember if it was, if it was after the first time I visited or before I visited. I cannot remember, but I think I just said like, Hey, we don't know each other. Um, interested in, uh, visiting your church, Shades Valley. We have a mutual friend. I've heard that you needed a uh, maybe looking for a worship leader. I happen to lead worship. Maybe we could just hang out and talk. Who knows? And uh, so you so you literally had no idea who I was. We scheduled coffee together. We got coffee, I believe, at the Homewood Diner. We did. When you it was you were really excited about the mm, time I proposed. I think it was like 6 a.m. <laughs> Knowing like, that oh now is really funny. Yeah, right? John Mark's like, yeah, totally. I'm yeah, a morning like, person. Right, right. It's like dating. Of course. You're just lying, you know? <laughs> Well, so when I received the email, I was like, well, this is interesting because, you know, we're, I was just about to start looking and, and all of that. And here kind of this email falls in my lap. So I was like, yeah, man, sure. Right. We'll get this. And right. I, so what I remember, what was funny for me was the night before we we're going to meet, uh, I Facebook stalked John Mark as, as one would do. Yeah. We, we became friends on Facebook Yeah, and his profile picture at the time was the cover of of the Sleep Designs EP entitled Kings. Well, I was familiar with the Sleep Design because all throughout my time at Beeson, I I looked for instrumental music because uh, that's what I listened to when I studied. Oh, yeah. So I was always on the hunt for new instrumental. <clears throat> and I don't remember when or where or how along the way, but I got introduced to Sleep Design. Maybe through Come and Live. Um, that's definitely where I got the music, but yeah. I don't remember like who. Which there's a Shades connection there too, which is funny. So right, the whole thing right. is very weird. Um. But so I had listened to uh, Sleep Design's music uh, for a while, and I was like, man, this guy's got this as his profile picture. And then there were some other Sleep huge Design sleep things. Design fan. I'm like, yeah, he must be a huge fan. And I'm like clicking through, and slowly it begins to dawn on me, like, oh, wait, he's in the band. And, and I slowly begin to figure this out, because I didn't know the Sleep Design was Birmingham-based. I didn't know if it was a small gig or a big, huge band. I had no idea. And so anyway... 
it was it was just kind of funny. So funny. So we talked about that. We laughed about that over coffee. I visited a few times, and I think. Do you remember what you wore to that first meeting? Because prob- I do. Probably a hoodie of oh, some no. kind. Oh no! Like Quite a, the opposite. Like a black hoodie. You had on a tank top. It was like a what? Me- it was like a Metallica <laughs> tank top. I mean, dressed to impress. Not completely surprised. Dressed I don't know impress. why. It was early in the morning. It was great. I probably just got done working out. Probably right, right. That's what it happened. Let's just make that up. Um, I think the first times I visited too, uh, you guys, uh, Holly was pregnant and yeah, with about to give birth to Talitha. And I think a uh-huh. few times I visited was like during that whole thing. So I heard Ed preach. And I right. thought that was really interesting because I remember Ed preaching and then throwing stuff out there for people to respond to from their seat in the middle of a message. And I remember thinking, like, this would never happen at any church that I've ever been to. What is going on right now? People can just say anything at any time. What is happening? Um no, but I but I loved that that aspect of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was that. Uh, I guess that summer that I had the opportunity to lead worship a few times, and then of course Ashley joined me the one Sunday, which is the classic uh, story do, where. Do we want to tell that story? I think we told. Oh, it did we tell that? Yeah, I'm sure we, we told it. Yeah. Classic story where Brad is it's like a classic story. Yeah. So go listen to that story. That's I'll right. Be a member if you want to hear it, but. Yeah, so that was that was kind of early on, and then I think uh, I came on part time. Let's see, I believe it was August of 2013, and then I stayed part time through April of 2019 when I came on full time as a worship pastor. So, pretty wild, and that was actually a wild time too for me because I think I took the part time position at Shades Valley, and I was also doing a tour with Daniel Bastis. So I was gone a ton, like the first like few months. It was like the busiest I'd ever been. It was the weirdest thing. I went from having no job and like working with my brother in construction to having a part-time job and also being gone like eight weeks out of the, out of the fall and winter. So it was super, super weird, but so uh, Jonathan, I don't know if you had a plan. I had an idea. Well, I, I was just going to start talking about different staff memories. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> sure. Fine. I really only had one queued up. Okay, that's um, good. Well, it, it was just, I was going to say, um, one of my favorite staff traditions actually started uh, that first year that John Mark was here, uh, and that's the mm. staff Christmas party. Yes. That's I was going to mention that. Now, a, yes. sta- a staff Christmas party did happen the year before that, but it was not what it would turn out to be. Like, like we just kind of all went to lunch together and, and hung out for, for lunch, which was great. Very, very casual. It was great, but it was very casual. But um, no, that that first year, we had the party. Yep, yep, that's a picture from the, I have a from picture the lunch of it we had. For um, you all to imagine. Send that to me, and I'll post it to Instagram. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> but the first year John Mark was here, what we decided to do was move the party to a staff member's house. And uh, Sarah Dungan was doing our children's ministry at the time. And uh, so we had it at her house. She hosted, and we did it Pollock style. And it just kind of became a thing. Love it. That uh, So much fun. What happened, I mean... I think the only year it hasn't happened was 2020. Right. Um, we did a we did meet, but we you remember we had 
like lunch together or something. Yes, that's right. We went back and did the the kind of like a, a everybody bought their own lunch. Bought, bought their own lunch. We met um, in a room here at Shades. Yeah, it, but it was just staff. It was just Because when we do the thing at the house, it's staff plus their families. Um, and that's always been what's just been so much fun. And, and I've got so many great memories from all of those different staff parties from John Mark playing Christmas carols on the piano and that devolving somehow into what does the Fox say? Yeah. I was going to ask right. what year that was. Was that that year, that first year? I don't I think remember. So. It was at the, it was at uh, Sarah's house. Uh, I remember playing, uh, I think it, it's called heads up the game on your phone. Yep. That was a year we hosted at yep. my house one time and playing that with all the interns. Yeah. Your and stuff. old, old house. Yeah. Yeah. The first place I West lived in Homewood. Homewood. Yeah. Because that was the one. I think there's a video of you and me, and I think you have to like give the yeah. Heimlich or something to me. I yeah. don't remember. Yeah, there's yeah. some funny stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are just those are really great, sweet memories. Just because you know it's everybody you work with, but you're getting together for no other purpose than to hang out, and it's all of you. And it's Christmas time. And it's Christmas, and yeah. which is mm-hmm. the best time of the year. So yeah, it was great, great camaraderie. Anyway, that was that was the only thing I had queued up to talk. Brad, about. what were you gonna say? Well, I I was just gonna list a few things that have happened through the years and see okay. if it spurs any conversation. Okay, all right, so go for it. One, I know I can talk about. Okay. But one thing that comes to mind is donation for the youth room, youth room, and then oh, wow, decoration. Yeah. So there was a couple that volunteered with the youth that donated a large sum of money so that we could update the youth room and decorate it. And then oh, wow. Jill Belknap and Sandy, Sandy Dittmer. Dittmer. Yeah. Yes. They did a ton of the decor stuff. They did the all the decor. I said, I know nothing about decoration. I need y'all's help. And they knocked it out of the park. Y'all can go up to the loft and look at it. I don't know if it was called anything before, but I think at that point we we started calling it the loft because we didn't want it to just be the youth room. We wanted it to be a multi-purpose room. But I remember their involvement and Jill Belknap and Sandy Dittmer. Sandy Dittmer did a lot of decorating for the church. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. All throughout, all throughout. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking actually as soon as you said that, what if we tried really quickly just to list any and every renovation building related project that's happened since we've been here. Raise the roof. Yes. So Raise the roof. That was that the was the biggest one. That was I the think. biggest thing when we all first got here. The roof needed to be replaced the day I arrived. Well, and, and it I, took us a couple of years both, to raise yeah. the money. The first thing, the four year renovation, were you here for that? Yes, I was. Um when they built the coffee we we built the coffee bar. Uh-huh. Um uh, uh Max Pigford, do you remember Max? Yep, Max Max did the carpentry work. And Chad Stogner made the, uh, who's still here, Chad made the cement countertops. Man, those countertops are, oh, are no joke. Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. So did that, and I think at that time they also kind of replaced maybe some furniture, rugs, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yeah, then our largest fundraiser for several years was we, we were trying to replace Raise the, the roof. roof to the It the would just of- constantly leak. <laughs> Everywhere. Every time right. we had a big storm, it was always the fear of like how much water. And is at the come time, through. we had a homeschool co-op that would meet here, and so the kids would be having class, and then all of a sudden, water would just start gushing on one of the tables. <laughs> and there well, were. And if you took a drone picture of the roof, it was just like patchwork. Oh yeah, totally. Um, one hundred percent. So man, the day that we got to replace that thing and the roof, the roof that's that they put on 
either has a thirty or forty year. I think it's a forty year guarantee. It it I just I remember just telling Jason was in charge. Ooh, of the I forgot to email that card in to get the uh, warranty. Crap. No, Jason Susick was in charge of that project, and I just remember telling him, "I want this roof to outlast me. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to do this again." No kidding. Yes. Oh. Yep. The roof. But yeah, and then um. Uh, youth loft, obviously, youth big loft. children's hall overhaul. Yep. yep, that was a huge project. Uh, redid all the floors. There was carpet from the 1800s, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was in there before, uh, and so repainted all the rooms yep. and everything, and did the security desk, Bleach, um, bleacher seating in the bleacher oh, seating. I, I didn't the, remember that. Yeah, in the yeah. balcony. So yeah, I that, can't remember who all custom. Joseph Wonski and Andrew Thompson. Yeah, yeah. built. So, those bleachers. So before they could do that, we, we were in need of some extra seating, and we kind of had these two balcony-ish type things. And uh, Ken Blackwood, Ken Blackwood came in made and, it up to code. Yeah, because he's a he's an engineer, so he made sure that like if we put people up there, they weren't going to fall through. Yep. Um, and then yeah, Joseph built those those bleachers for some seating, and those still get used. Um, Joseph and Andrew also were responsible for uh, designing and building our our pulpit. That's right. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah, they did a great job of that. Because when I first came to Shades, uh, we just used a music stand. We preached mm-hmm. off the music stand, which I loved uh, a lot of what that communicated. Um, the The largest problem for me uh, was that I loved to lean on to yeah. whatever I, uh, the speaking stand I have in front of you. A little wobbly. You can't lean on a, on a music stand. Or it but, goes down. But we didn't want to spend like tons of money on uh, a lectern or pulpit or whatever. And... We also wanted it to fit with the vibe of shades, and so yeah. I remember going to uh, Joseph and Andrew, and I was like, "Okay, this is our hope. This is what we want to do, and it needs to look like it just belongs here, like it mm-hmm. sprung out of the ground at Shades and has always been here." And I thought, I thought they did a bang up job. Yep, totally. Um, I don't. I guess you could call this a project, but I think about the artwork as you leave the sanctuary. Oh, hey, how with about the mission statement? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. how how about also the room we're sitting in? Um, so John Mark's uh, office uh, has gone through phases of renovation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this room originally, uh, we learned from Park, uh, was used as a prayer room. But by the time any of us arrived at Shades, the prayer room had already relocated to another space. So this was just storage for a long time. And then we had the idea to like do kind of like our own studio thing and share that space with some other ministries. Right. So we started turning this into a studio, but... That project never really found its way to completion. So when John Mark comes on full time, we're like, well, we'll make it your office. And then we're like, oh, now we have use for studio stuff. Yeah. And so now it is a studio. And yeah, it's great. So, yeah, this mm-hmm. this was one of those projects. Um, Brad, we took a wall out of your office. Yes. Brad has had probably the most office locations of anyone here. How many places have you officed in this building? Uh, like four, maybe. Yeah. Ish. Because you started out in the... In the main... In the in the main well, office. Well, I guess not. Well, Lee Kate was no, there. No, she would have been there. Lee Kate was our I office. I started out admin. without an office, I think. Yeah, I think you just used yeah, her yeah. desk when she wasn't there. And then oh, we took what is your office now? Yep. Um, but it was way smaller and it was the copier room. Yes, it, it was, was. A, a glorified closet. <laughs> and we shoved you in there at some point. Yep. Um and then when when Ed retired, his office was on the other side of a wall, and we took that one out, yeah. and and so now you have a normal sized office. <laughs> yes, I can meet with people without it being super awkward, which is amazing. It's really nice to have. Oh. Yeah. And then the kitchen. Yes. Yeah, the to kitchen. close. Yeah, the kitchen. to close it out. So the 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 kitchen, which we're still getting asked questions about. 
<laughs> yes. Pretty consistently. And what I can say is you can look in there now, if you're here on a Sunday and you have a chance to just peek in there, and you can see that progress has been made. Mm-hmm. Um, so the refrigerators and freezers are in there. Like all the appliances, I think, are in there now. Uh, the latest word we got is that the electrician has to finish up some electrical stuff, basically. Is that it? Yeah. I think that's that, close to it. There are a few other things we need to order. Nothing have, big, have, I don't we think. We have a couple of aesthetic things that we're talking about, you know, but that right. all depends on funding. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yes. So anyway, so it is close. And I know we've been saying that for <laughs> a couple of years. But yes. it really is. Close is a flexible word. It really is. I appreciate is. that about it. Oh. So anyway, but yeah, I think that's all the all the building stuff that I well, can think of. And you know, this is minor, but we've had to replace an AC unit or two throughout the years. <laughs> and all the all the building stuff you can't see. The non fun stuff. See. What's, it's like repairing the foundation on your house. But what's yeah. so great is that because we have this Joseph fund, this rainy day fund, we're always able to do that. And that's something that you don't want to take for granted. <laughs> when someone tells you it's going to be $8,000 right. for a new AC unit. Right. Yeah, it's true. I was reminiscing about, we were talking about building projects, but I do remember, and I don't remember if the first time we did this, it was specifically for the roof. I don't think it was. But uh, we should talk about the first Christmas Spectacular. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And how yeah. I believe Jules Huff was like, well, Jules Thompson now, Jules Huff at the time. Yes. She was pretty instrumental, I feel like, in helping start oh. that. Oh, yeah. Was she? It was inter- kind of like her was she, idea. Was she interning I, officially at that time? I honestly could cannot tell you. Jules, you may we'll have, have to fact She track. was. She yeah. did intern. Yeah, you, yeah, may, you may have for, to write in and help us with the details that are now fuzzy. Yep. But- I believe it it started as a fundraiser. Yes. Um, specifically for something. <laughs> <laughs> was it missions related? I think it was. I can't remember. If, if and, someone and, has our Instagram, they can pull it up. I bet the well. And knowing Jules, I'm willing to bet that it was it was orphan care, foster care related somehow. I cannot remember exactly, um, ha- exactly what it was, but. But yeah, she proposed that idea, and I don't remember how all the details got worked out. I just remember the idea started getting brainstormed and tossed yeah. around, and we kept adding to it and adding to it, and we got to this right. point where we were like, "Let's make this as ridiculous, over the top as possible." Well, now, the- I, I will take credit for this, and I don't care how many alternate stories there are out there, and and all the pushback. Even if Jules wants to give me pushback, I will take credit for the word spectacular. Okay. Um, oh wow! Because you heard it here. Because, um, for any of you that have seen uh, Moulin Rouge, um, that's what they call their performance. Spectacular, spectacular. It's what kind they call it. Saucy movie there. John. I, listen, listen. Okay, up. I. You know, Brad. Not all of us have been Christians our whole life. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, but yeah, they called the the production spectacular, spectacular. And every time we would add a new idea. To that, I would say that line and that phrase from that be spectacular, spectacular. Wow! And well, and I kept pressing for us to to use the word spectacular. From what um, I remember, the first time we did it, it we asked a bunch of vendors. Yep. We to got, be here, and we set them up in the foyer, and that was kind of the vibe. It was really were we just, vendor or or silent auction. The it, first was time. it was vendors. It was vendors. Started it was out just vendors, vendors in the in the foyer. Yeah, it was just vendors, well, arts and crafts, things like that. And then we had music because in the we, sanctuary. We should mention that there was a precursor 
uh, event to this. So Shades did several times do uh, what they called a, a Christmas um, market. Yeah, like a Christmas market. I feel like there was a word they used for it, but I can't remember. But yeah, it was basically, but that's all it was. Like it was like a couple of nights during the week and it was just arts and crafts vendors and you could come and buy like a, a Christmas present. And so, and I had actually been to that because um, oh. they did it the December that I was in the interview process and I came to it um, that with, with my wife and kiddos and all that. But, um, but the Chris, uh, but that didn't happen for at least a year or two. And then the idea for the spectacular birthed. But I think that's one of the reasons we went the vendor route at first because we're like, oh, they've done vendors before. Let's do that again. I am slowly making my way through our Instagram to see if I can find the details. I know we do our research. The first one that I saw plugging a Christmas spectacular was in 2016. Does that bizarre? The Christmas bizarre. That's what they call it. That sounds. When that they, sounds right. When they would do the... 16, 17, the 18, thing. 19, 20. Yeah, because last year was the fifth year, I believe. Uh, and it said... Uh, it looked like there was a cover charge to get in. There was. There yep. was that first year. Uh, so let me pull it back up because I had to go back further to make Designed sure. Designed by Andrew Thompson. Uh, well, with uh, while you look for those details, without having to uh, remember what year what happened... Why don't we just list some of our favorite things that have happened at various Christmas spectaculars throughout the years? Which, for any of you that don't know, we've been doing it now for what this past because we didn't think we were going to get to do it in 2020, but we pulled it off outside. We pulled it off. Um, but that that was our sixth or fifth. No, no, no that was our that fifth. was our fifth. So that the, was our the fifth first one was uh, December fourth, 2016, and it was from six to nine p.m. with live music and local vendors. There you go. And that was it. There you go. There and, that, it is. and that started a whole thing. And like Jonathan said, started a movement. It's gotten crazier and crazier. The last time we had it inside, we had a moon bounce. A moon bounce in the building. Um, That's right. Inside the building. Uh, we've had live Christmas it, carolers. Had a photo we've had booth, live Christmas carolers. Live Christmas carolers. It birthed the uh, the SVCC Christmas Spectacular Band. Yep, Chili. Um, chili one year. Yeah. Back when you were allowed the to do. Tacky like, sweater contest. Tacky sweater contest. Back when you were allowed to do buffet lines. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, Not so I don't code. know if we're going to do it this year. Maybe we will. I don't know. Last year we did it outside. It was sort of like an outdoor market with music and stuff like that. So, Which I'm totally glad it ended up that way because prior to that, we were brainstorming the possibility of a live-streamed event. Which would have been terrible. Which would have been like formatted. Yeah, it would have been the most shameful moment oh of my our goodness. lives. We, no we, we talked about formatting it like a, like a late show, like a Tonight <laughs> Show, and basically it being a Shades talent show. That would have been rough. Um, oh. I agree. But yeah. Anyway, so so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. With that. So what else you got, Brad? Well, this Christmas Christmas spectacular was one, which which uh, by the way, I, I should say since I set us up like this, uh, we have kind of transitioned from staff specific to just general memories about shades. So feel free to throw that's in anything. That's true. That's true. Well, this is a broad category. I also think about the worship nights. So I think about oh, college yeah. worship night. Then yeah. I think about the shades worship night. And then I also think about, and this was before us, but worship at the Wonskis as yeah. well, yeah, which for so sure. those three well, contexts. Yeah. Well, worship at the Wonskis. So I went to my first one again before I was officially employed. Uh, Cause they did me one. too. I think it was in January that they did one, but those mm-hmm. were, it was once a month at the Wonskis house. And those were going on for a while after we started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, I mean, those were always just 
yeah, just special times. Yeah, really, really special. So fantastic. Um, and you know, no pressure. <laughs> um, um, to bring anything back, uh, Joseph and Rachel have been leading here mm-hmm. recently yep. some some worship nights. worship and prayer gatherings on the first and third Thursday of every month. I believe is when they're doing it. But yeah, it's sim- it's a similar format to the original worship at the Wolskis, which was basically a very um, stripped down worship song set with like usually just like one acoustic guitar and a singer or two. And then just sort of like some open prayer time in between songs. Well, I think mm-hmm. I think one of the things that a couple of things that made it so special, um, and we, yeah, I was about to say we could totally do an episode on it one time, sometime. That'd be cool. Oh yeah. Um, but I think a couple of things that made it so special is one, uh, I mean, it was just completely birthed out of the body, you know, desire among mm-hmm. some members to to host and do something, and Joseph and Rachel's is too that yep. they're doing now. Um, but so that was just just really cool. I mean, especially when I was coming in, I wasn't used to anything like that all right yeah like if the church was doing something it had been brainstormed by the staff right. and had its stamp on it and all of that um not that that's bad i'm just saying that's all it experienced um so that i think that made it special and then the other thing is it, it is the fact that it was in their home um and if you've mm. never been in the walensky's home um they <coughs> the the living room area uh is quite large and set up in a way uh, that you, I mean, uh, you can pack 40, 50 people in there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people in there and it's got this massive stone fireplace that almost gives it like a cracker barrel fireside <laughs> feel. Um, I'm so, sure that's the vibe they were going for. I just meant a large stone fireplace. <laughs> it, it is not, it does not have old Southern Come apparel. Come get your biscuits um, and some waffles with that fresh hot maple syrup. There, there was. tea tea game, the triangle tea game. There was always case. food. There was there always, was always dessert. food. That's um, true. Yeah. But, uh, but I think that made it special too. It was in somebody's home and so it had that intimate feel and uh, yeah, there was just a lot about that. Um, yeah. And I think the memories are really sweet for me because my kiddos were also really young at that time and so just very formative for, yeah. for them. So. Yeah. Okay, I'll be quiet now about that. Well, no, and I mean, with the other two worship nights, I think with the college worship night, the time that we did it, the season that we did it, and it was so encouraging to see 80 college students show up and for college students within the body to be able to serve. Most of the band was comprised of college students. We had college students share testimony. We had college students <gasps> college students teach, help with, set up. And so just a really... I have fond memories just thinking about college students investing and pouring in and, and serving right. there and showing up and, and worshiping. There are some really powerful nights. And then for that to flow over into an SVCC worship night. But before you go there. Yeah, go ahead. Before you go on to that, I was I, I was just going to say, you know, talking about those college worship nights, like, I mean, that definitely is uh, a particular moment uh, in recent SVCC history mm-hmm. um, that in like 2014, uh, the the best we can tell, um, a the couple, floodgates opened. A couple of uh, RAs, uh, which stands for resident administrator, advisor, advisor, resident advisor, or something like that. I don't know. It's the person that like lives on the hallway of like freshman students, and they're they're in charge. But a couple of them started coming to shades, and they just started bringing all the students that lived on their yeah. hall, and it did start this domino effect in which we just were receiving students like crazy and they were all underclassmen they were all freshmen and sophomores so then we didn't graduate any students for a long time yeah and so 
for the size church we are, we had this period of time where we just had a crazy outsized number of college. I mean, there were Sundays yeah. where there were over 100 college students here. Yeah, I sure. mean, we did a college community group on Sunday mornings before the service and for the first one there were like 50 college students there we were just like what this is insane yeah yeah it, it, it was crazy eventually we did start graduating students yeah. um and uh and so that all kind of leveled out a little bit which which in the long run is probably healthiest for our our balance of of right. the body uh, in total but it was I mean, but we wouldn't trade it. We wouldn't go back and undo it. It was a really special and kind of unique moment yeah. and experience. And and I, I love the fact that a lot of those students still come back and show up. And, oh, yeah. You know, and that Shades is a part of their story. Well, and as I think back on it, what's so cool is to think about how many of those students are in ministry now in some capacity. Oh, it's insane. The ministry and missions, just getting the opportunity to send them out and for them to have this season at Shades and to be able to kind of soak in, soak in the way that this community embodies uh, the faith is, is so awesome. And then I also think about all of their parents who were able to come on weekends or oh, summers yeah. and would send emails talking about shades and the service and how thankful they were for this body and how they appreciated so many unique aspects of our worship. So I'll, I'll be thankful for that season. And I think it's just a good reminder that um, – the church has seasons. Right. And, you know, so often you're just kind of holding on and praying, Lord, maybe, may we be faithful with what's set before us and help us to honor you mm-hmm. with, with what's been given to us. Yeah. You know, I think that's our continued prayer. Right. Well, and, and the, those seasons, it's okay. It's okay to have those seasons and to seek to be faithful and to learn to adapt, you know, in the different seasons. And I think that when you're a small mm-hmm. to mid-sized church, you notice those seasons a lot more, right? Yeah, you know, um, because you you visually see them. You know, you visually see. Oh my goodness, we're, we, the college section looks like an amoeba eating the rest of the congregation. <laughs> you know, um, or you see. Oh well, there's fewer students here now. Like, like you see and you feel that and uh, a, a little bit more. And so, yeah, I just knowing it's okay to have this. We're in a season right now that we see and we feel, and and that's okay. And learning. What does it look like to be faithful in the midst of this season? To not, mm-hmm. yes, to remember things that have gone before fondly, but to not pine for that of yeah. like, oh, man, I miss and wish we rehad the days when there were over 100 college students here or when there was this or what. Thankful for that season, but Lord, you've given us this season now to be faithful in. And there are people here now. So how how do we be faithful? How do we move forward uh, in 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 serving the body that's here at Shades now, and then the the last thing I'll say on that <clears throat> kind of college student heavy season right there um, is that it, it, in all of this, in all of this that we're talking about today, um, none of this is meant to be like oh, and all and these things happened because you know, of Brad and John, Mark, and myself, and we're awesome and blah blah. blah. I mean, that's uh, what I was saying. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it's a. I think, one ultimately, it's the Lord and the Lord doing what He mm-hmm. providentially uh, ordains. Um, but two, I, I I think it's a a credit to the the faithfulness of Shades as a whole, as a body. A hundred college students a week didn't show up and keep showing up for their entire college career because of the three of us. It was because of what they experienced amongst the body. Here. Mm. It was the type of well, like like 
I, I can remember when the floodgates opened, sitting down with so many college students trying to figure out what was going on and basically going, why are you here? Um, because mm-hmm. we weren't the flashy church with the fog machines and the and – and we didn't even have a college ministry. We had nothing to offer them. Um, and without fail, without – I mean, they talk about – there'd be a variety of things. And sure, some would talk uh, a lot about the, the worship style. Some would talk about the, the teaching and then we do expository preaching. Some would talk about this, that, and the other. But without fail, they all talked about the community and the body and mm-hmm. what they felt and experienced among the people of Shades Valley. And I think that's just, uh, and, and that's not unique to that time period. It doesn't matter where you look in Shades history. People talk about that. And ultimately the Lord gets credit. That's a move of the spirit amongst his people. Um, but I, I just, yeah, that's the last thing I want to say is like this, this is about Shades mm-hmm. and, and what the Lord has done in and through and continues to do in and through Shades. Mm-hmm. So, all right, yeah, you were moving That's towards uh, the the whole church worship nights. <laughs> well, <laughs> I kind of want to. Well, I want to move on to the next thing now, unless anyone <laughs> had anything really that they wanted to say. But another thing that comes to mind is all the families that have adopted and all the adoption fundraisers. Yeah. So I think about the McClungs, and I think about Phil Keggy. Coming oh to shades word, yeah. and how crazy uh, that is. Does, I, I does forgot wanna, about that till you just said that. Yeah, does someone want to share about who Phil Keggy is for those who don't know? You were here when that He's were you incredible. Here? I was here, but I don't there was something going on. I may have been on tour when that event happened, so I don't think I was able to even be here. But so yeah, Phil Keggy, man. The funniest amazing story. Guitar yeah, amazing guitar player. The, the funniest story for me personally of that night, I don't know if you remember this, but there was an opener. Did you do you remember there was an opener? It was it was like a, a was it Preston? No, it was like a four piece older guy bluegrass thing. Oh, I don't remember that. No, and um and they were actually down a singer, so they invited somebody they knew, and the person they invited uh, was a music guy by the name of Joe Estes. Joe served as a music minister at Sherwood Baptist Church in Albany, Georgia, <laughs> while I was a student there and directed me in youth choir. Wow. And just randomly showed up and I like go up and I'm like, do you know who I am? Which of course he had no idea. The last time he saw me, I was like 12, you know, and here I am like so beard and all of this. And, but when I told him, I'm like, I'm Tony Hayes son. Like it was just really funny. Just this connection. I'm like, yeah, I pastor this church here now. And, and so it was, it was a really funny thing. But Phil Keggy is, uh, I mean, within Christian music, legendary. I would say, yeah, for um, sure. And just a, but even outside yeah. of Chris Sturgis, just a phenomenal guitarist. Isn't there this like legend where someone went up to Jimi Hendrix or something and was like, "Hey, you're the greatest guitarist." It's either ever. it's either him or Eric Clapton or Eric Clapton, Eddie Van maybe. Halen, Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> I've tried to look it up, and I don't think it's true. But not it, to say that say it that doesn't it discount. His ability, he's amazing, but I feel like that's a legend that's gotten. Blown I think up. I think Van Halen is the one. I think the it was Eddie with. Van Halen. Okay. The, yeah. Some, somebody asked Van Halen, "How does it feel to be the greatest guitarist in the world?" And he, <laughs> he said, said, "I don't." I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not Phil Keggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the. Legend. So we'll just say that happened. But yeah, they had. Him, I, I don't remember what their connection was. No, I do. Uh, uh, Meg went to Sanford, right? I think they know Olivia. With, yes, his daughter. His daughter. Yeah. They're friends with his daughter. And so he came and played for a fundraiser. Yeah. yeah. But that wasn't the only adoption fundraiser. We've had... Right on. Another adoption fundraiser. John Mark, you're familiar with Yeah, we did We did an adoption fundraiser. Well, let's see. We did... Uh, how many have we done? Uh, this <laughs> how, many kid, how many kids do you have? 
We have two, but I'm trying to remember if we did one for Moses. I can't remember. I know that we did one for Zion, which actually happened post-adoption because the adoption happened so fast. We had scheduled the fundraiser to happen at a certain date, ironed it out, got all the details, and then um, the adoption happened before we could even get to the fundraiser. And that's hard because nobody wants to give you money after you already got to do it. <laughs> so uh, we we had that because we, we we needed the money, and then we needed to actually pay for the adoption. Right, right, right. <laughs> Not just like we needed money in our savings account. Right, right, right. Uh, but with Moses, I'm trying to think here what we did. I can't even remember. But, yeah, we've, we've adopted twice since we've been here at Shades, and we're actually in the process again for a third time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Stephanie and Hunter Davis also, yeah. uh, they had a big adoption silent auction event that was really yeah. cool. Uh, had a lot of, lot of great items there. And uh, they actually had an improv. I don't know if you guys were there, but they had an improv troupe. Yes. Like come in and do like a whole yes. improv thing. I for, remember for that. Everybody. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I totally remember that. And there are other families uh, that have uh, adopted and done fundraisers that didn't necessarily take place at, at the building, but but fundraised uh, as a, you know, they're a part of our community. And, yeah. and so, like, I think of um, uh, Brian and Lori Carey are in the process right now, which is an international adoption. And so, mm-hmm. obviously, all things COVID have, like, just been really difficult mm-hmm. in the midst of all that. We're, Carries, if you hear this, we continue to pray for you. Um, but so they're in the process. Um, they're uh, the Ballards uh, adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, the Ballards uh, adopted uh, two of their their kiddos. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, do we have? Are there are there any other adoptions? There's some people that have done some foster care stuff. Um, man, we're gonna forget somebody. If we forget you, I apologize. And yes. Oh goodness. I do That's remember now. I do remember now with Moses though, and this is when I was at Shades, but the event wasn't at Shades. We did a uh, fundraiser at Bottle Tree Cafe, yeah. and the Sleep Design played, and DJ Coco yeah, did. Uh, did a set, and we, uh, yeah, we did it in uh, with this other nonprofit called She Dances. Um, it was the and they, only they time I went, put it on. Only time I've ever been to Bottle Tree before it closed. Yeah. Yeah, so that was so that was what that event. Track. I knew there yeah. was an event. I Rodney couldn't remember Scott's what it was, now, but right? a lot of shades people came to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. came to that, which was cool. Yeah. So. There's been um, like garage sales and silent auctions and all, all sorts of of, of of different things. Yeah, um, and then I mean, this isn't an event that we do, but an event that has taken place at Shades. I think all throughout my time here, um, that's a fundraiser for a ministry is North Star. Uh, does a big annual dinner here yeah. uh, at our a facility banquet. to yeah. to, ra- to one to share with everybody what happened in their ministry. For which, for those who don't know, uh, Paul Neville is the head of North Star Soccer Ministries. Uh, he's a member here at Shades. Started that ministry, uh, I don't know how long ago. It's been here for a long time, but they do fantastic work um, yeah, in the yeah. community, and and so we get to host that um, annually, and yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I know that was kind of random. Y'all got my brain on fundraising. Yeah, I'm trying to think about different things. <laughs> um, uh, one other thing that should be mentioned, and we're going to have Ed on the show, Ed Kaler on the show at some point, but uh, Ed Ed Kaler pastored here for many years. He was on staff when you got here, Jonathan. Yeah, he was. How he was, long was he here before? Uh, by the time you got here? A long time. Mm. A long time. I, mm, 
I, I'm scared to say because I don't want to get it wrong. I feel like he had been here for nine years. Yeah. Um, like I feel like he was here for like a total of sixteen or something. Like and he that. and he was always um, working a sort of part time pastoral position here at Shades, but also part time for the EFCA. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so when I arrived, uh, he was part time with the EFCA district. And basically, what he did for, for those who don't know, our district is comprised of nine states. We're we're a huge district in the southeast and cover a lot of land area. Um, and he did pastoral care for pastors. Yeah. So about half the time he was tra- that man. I, I don't know anybody that logs more road miles than truckers, <laughs> right? Um, besides right. Ed Kaler, that man drove all over the southeast. He knows where every Starbucks is off the interstate. <laughs> he does. Every single one. I, I can drive with him anywhere and be like, uh, "Hey, I need to stop it." And he'll be like, "Well, can we wait ten more miles? There's a Starbucks at that exit." It's ridiculous. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he would drive all over the Southeast meeting with pastors and basically caring for them. But I got the advantage of the other half of his time. He was halftime here with us and I, he was an associate pastor, but I jokingly would say that shades was employing a counselor for me. Um, <laughs> cause I was a first time pastor, uh, lead pastor and Ed, uh, had been in that role before. And so to have someone literally with me 50% of the time that I could talk to about anything I was experiencing. I still call Ed. Um, as a matter of fact, there was there was a, something that came up not that long ago that was kind of like a bylaws question, and I didn't know the answer, and I got to call Ed about Ed it. Ed Taylor. <laughs> He'll know. I love it. Oh, Better I love believe it. it. So, so yeah. Um, but Ed retired in... 2019. The, yeah, the fall of 2019. Yeah. Um, and uh, now... Gets to spend, and, and Pam is retired now too, so they're just living their best life. That's right. That's uh, right. All of their kiddos except one live out of town, so they travel all the time to go see kids and grandkids. Oh yeah, oh yeah, all things. But yeah, we'll definitely get Ed on here and get a, a full episode with the yeah. Ed Kaler. So I've got a few more things down, but this might be a good one for us to end on. Okay. I don't, I don't know all where right. y'all are at. Um, we can continue after this. Oh well, no. I I ahead. was I. So this I. Sorry, I keep hesitating. I don't want to bring it down. Is what I was going to say, but I, I I don't think that I can talk about like the more recent years and kind of formative, uh, just I don't know important moments in the lives of individuals and in the life of Shades Valley as a body, without mentioning um, a couple of things that were just hard. And hard to walk through, and just being a hundred percent honest, um, a lot of those are deaths, mm-hmm. um, and especially uh, deaths of children or the loss of of infants and babies. Um, and I don't have permission to share anybody's individual story right here on the podcast, and wouldn't want to do that without their permission. Um, but for those of you who've been here throughout the years, I mean, I think you would know, like some of those moments and those moments of grief um, have just been I don't know any other way to say it than important moments in the life of the body and, mm-hmm. and ways in which I I wasn't before shades I don't know that I was a part of a body that knew or learned how to grieve together um, or knew or learned how to lament together and that's been just I, I don't know. And and watching people, 
watching people walk through difficult waters has just been one of the things that's formed me most as a pastor and affected my own personal faith. Yeah. Um, as you're a, talking, a ton. I think of Wave of Light, the worship night mm. that was held on Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Day. Yeah. And it was put on by Shades of Motherhood. And the whole purpose of the event was to create space for mothers and families to remember and reflect and rejoice through expressions of lament. And I think about what a heavy night that was, but also what a powerful night that was and how, um, how the Lord moved through the testimony of individuals who had suffered in our body and how they got up boldly and shared with vulnerability and honesty, but also spoke to the beauty of Christ. And so it's hard to really put words around how those evenings can shape a community. Well, and, Shades, the first community. I'm not dogging on any churches I've been a part of before. I'm not, I'm not at all. I'm just talking about the things that Shades has taught me. Um, Shades is the first community I've been a part of where it's okay for not every Sunday to be giddy, peppy, kind of what. Like right. it's, a, it's okay to have a Sunday where it's like, all right, we're we are either talking about some hard things like lament and suffering, and we're going to sit in that, or we are lamenting and suffering this Sunday and, and we're going to sit in that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and never without the hope of the gospel, but, but not, I would talk this way before shades, but shades was the first place that I feel like I I really began to learn kind of what it actually looked like on the ground. Like we lament, we grieve not without the hope of the gospel, but also not bringing the hope of the gospel to bear in a way that feels like a quick fix band aid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we grieve and all that, but Hope of the gospel. All right, right. we're back to Peppy. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, there's hope, but it's hope through tears mm-hmm. and all that. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, a, a yeah. So so anyway, I I, I just felt like I, I could not mention that just for me uh, personally in the last several years. And then I had one other thing, and of, of course, like talking about the difficult things. Um, I mean, we we obviously are in a season have been in a season with all things COVID that has not been easy at all. And we're probably not far enough removed from that, you know, to really be able to reflect on any, any way, but, but still, I think, you know, I mean, that's part of our recent history and just seeing God's faithfulness, even amidst uh, a season like this. So, yeah, I just, I knew I, I wanted to talk about um, some of the things that have been hard. Um, and then I'll just mention real quick, and then Brad, we can do whatever you want to close on. Mm. Uh, some of the things that have meant so much to me over the years, and that I just feel like are such a part of Shades, is uh, the incorporation of the arts. And there's been a lot of like art events that uh, yeah. John Mark and Amy Ross have worked on and made happen, and those were really incredible nights. Yeah, Amy's um, done a, Amy's done a, quite a bit of work in mm. that area over the last several years. So we have so many artists in this congregation, right? Yeah. I mean, so many of them don't do something up front, and, that, and that's fine. But I think yeah. people would be shocked if we actually went around and right. started naming who's an artist let's, in, in let's some just, way, shape, or form. Let's just publish a list of all their Instagram <laughs> accounts. And, uh, that's right. I know. In the bulletin. No, no. Um, but uh, other, uh, not really special events, special services. Uh, several of our special services have a, a really, I don't know, uh, special place and, and shaping effect, I think on shades as well. So I, I can't help but think about the good Friday service 
in the Christmas Eve service, and, and these are kind of, and Ash Wednesday, these are anchor points in the seasons uh, of our year. And Shades is the first place I've ever observed the season of Lent or the season of Advent. And just mm-hmm. the way that's uh, developed an, an anchoring rhythm both for the life of the body and uh, and for my family personally. Um, yeah, that's just some stuff that I've loved. Uh over the years. So that's, that's everything I had, Brad. Well, and that leads us right into what I was going to talk about, which is Easter. It's Shades Valley <laughs> from drum circles to outdoor services. To Jingling Johnny's. Jingling Johnny's. To Jingling Johnny's, which is an instrument. Multiple, <laughs> multiple <laughs> bands. For those who don't know, multiple bands. Choirs. 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 Choir baptisms. Yeah. Yeah. It, it Easter at Shades... I don't know. I don't know. It's cheesy, but I don't know if you want to say it. There's like electricity in the air. Like, it's just different. I don't know what it is. I mean, I love Easter anyway. Easter is my favorite. Like, I love Easter more than Christmas and any other church holiday or anything like that. I, just, I love the celebrations, the, the anchor point of our faith and uh, the resurrection. Um, but, yeah, hmm. I you couldn't make me miss Easter. Uh, Easter at Shades Alone edition. That was weird. Uh, in 2020. <laughs> Um, that that was took man, on a whole different tone. The, the year of the parrot man. shirt. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But even then, like there was something, I don't know. There was something even that day that was different than our other live stream days. Yeah. Like that, because uh, <clears throat> for, sure. for anybody wondering that, that one happened obviously in 2020. And Through an iPhone. Yeah. It was yep. like nine of us in the room. Yeah. Um, but, but even then it was different. Than, than the other days uh, when we were just doing the live stream. But, um, yeah, and then this year obviously was outdoors. and uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to yeah, say. Just, I'm just running my mouth at this point. No, just, just pure joy and excitement and celebration. I, it, it It's like a foretaste, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, on the one hand, you're like, oh, I wish every Sunday could be Easter. But then you're like, but we live in the already not yet. Right. And every Sunday can't be Easter. But right. Easter's like a foretaste of what is coming. Yes. With the complete victory of the resurrection. And I love how he filled the table with bread. It's just overflowing. And it just symbolizes this feast and this celebration. Yep. Well, guys, this has been so good walking down memory lane with both of you. John Mark, even though your voice is a little gross, it's still been... <laughs> Extremely enjoyable looking back on God's faithfulness and what he has done at Shades Valley. Listeners, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories about your time at Shades Valley, first impressions, relationships, conflict, whatever it may be. Shoot us an email at midweek at Shades Valley. We would love to read that on the podcast but thank you all for listening this has been another episode of shades midweek as we have recapped the last 10 years of god's faithfulness in shades valley